Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Love Podcast. Well, this is the third talk on this idea of how do we store up the good, the love of God, stored up into our minds so that that love, that good comes out of us automatically, unconsciously, if at all possible. That when we're triggered by a need, by a behavior, whatever it is, that we just automatically, unconsciously leap to responding like Jesus would because we've just stored that up in us so richly, so deeply in our minds and our hearts. Well, today I want to visit the God sighting practice where before we're talking about the love verse practice last week, I don't know if I was that clear about that, but the love verse practice is again paying attention, Lord, what specific passage should I do? And then you begin to apply it to your heart by meditating that you keep it in your heart by memorizing and so that it's you have it all of it ready there on your lips to share, give away, speak back at the enemy, whatever it is. Speak into your own soul. I think most of all, the key thing from the neuroscience stuff, or what I want you to catch, is that more than just doing the left hemisphere, the left brain side, where it's just a factual truth, is that the thing I was telling you about, the images, the past memories, the emotional connections, is that, and especially where you hear the Lord, and if you embody it, but even get someone else to embody it for you, like I did that gal at church, that somebody could say that text to you with not just tone of voice, but facial expression and gestures and maybe even touch, whatever it might be. And that's true. I actually had my hand on her so I could squeeze her shoulder. Anyway, the idea is that it's integrating so that the left and the right hemispheres, where the right is more the nonverbals and the emotional connection, that the left and the right are communicating to one another. And the better they fire together, the better that that becomes an experience and the more deeply it moves into your long-term memory because you're motivated, you want to know it, you want to integrate it, and, and it's so pleasurable that you love spending the time in it. And most of all, the more thoroughly you put it in there, it's going to turn around and become a part of your behavior. But it's connecting the right and the left where so much in the church is just left hemisphere. It's just logic. It's just factual truth. And you really need to connect the word to the right hemisphere where there's emotion, there's the nonverbals, there's the powerful images, and especially where God speaks and becomes a person so that that factual truth is actually a truth-communicating event where Jesus personally, as a person, is speaking these words to you, speaking the truth, embodying the truth in such a way that it's profoundly more impactful, more emotional, and therefore it has far greater chance of getting deeply installed into your long-term memory. So anyway, today is the God sighting practice. And in that sense, it's the fact that so, so much of our memory, our long-term memory, has been installed and often unconscious to us through our interactions with significant others. Not always significant, but especially by significant others. But our experience with the world, with our environment, with human beings, that you experience something and you give meaning to it and there's emotion connected and then you're not even aware that that experience that that it got installed, it got programmed, and especially if it was a strong experience. I've used the case, sometimes the example of trauma, which 
that is such intense emotion in that moment, and it's especially touching the lower regions of your brainstem and this thing called the limbic system that primarily is about protecting you. When that trauma comes, you know, that kind of emotional reaction is to protect you. It's to alert you. You want to have that memorized from one encounter. Like when you touch a stove, you don't want to have to touch the stove 10 times before you really get that, hmm, this hurts. You know, it's really nice that, boom, man, there's such a painful emotional experience to that that it is permanently etched in your brain and you don't have to rehearse it, practice it again. So there's those kinds of things, but there's other things where where somebody looked at you in a certain way and your brain, you're not even aware, but your brain's processing that look and you would interpret it for whatever reason, nobody knows, as, wow, that person doesn't value me, that they're looking down on me or they think ill of me in some way. And, and you don't even know that you're doing, you're not trying to consciously encode that. But as you think about it, and especially if you think about it and replay the experience, even though it's not what you want encoded, you will encode it. And our brain has tons of this stuff. That's what Jesus was saying, the evil stored up, that I'm telling you, prior to us coming to know Jesus, and especially depending on what our upbringing was, you could have a ton of stuff that was encoded through relational interactions, meaning, emotion, that you didn't want encoded, but it's encoded. And the hard part is like, you know the Lord wants you to respond in a certain way. But boy, when you're triggered, unconsciously, automatically, boom, you're there responding out of that original encoding. You have the same emotion, the same behavior reaction, the same meaning reaction. And you're like, ah. And so like the illustration I want to give today is the idea of patience or impatience. What if you grew up in a home where your primary caregivers, maybe the most important primary caregiver, whichever one it was in your life, that every time that you made a mistake or you were slow to do something, something that affected their life negatively, you had this impatient response, meaning that they reacted abruptly, they reacted perhaps in anger and frustration and scolding and, you know, fine, I'll do it or whatever the thing might be, but that you experienced that. And the conclusion that you drew is that it's not okay to make mistakes. It's not okay to be weak. It's not okay to be in process. You have to be arrived already or people aren't going to love you. People aren't going to value you or people are going to reject you or discard you or want nothing to do with you, or just put up with you with attitude, with negative attitude. Now, what happens? So you become a Christian, you come into the church, and you hear the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. And what does patience mean? So a dictionary definition of patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Maybe that's what you experienced over and over again, is that your weakness, your mistake, your immaturity, your inability to do it the way they wanted, as fast as they wanted, how they wanted, etc., that if it didn't happen in that way, if there wasn't delayed, it was instant, it was angry, upset, and again, you paid, you suffered in some way. Each time this happens, your memory is encoding that you know, weakness, immaturity, mistakes is not okay. 
and you better not have them. You better not do it. And you better learn something really fast if you want to be loved and accepted. Whatever kinds of memory, thought, that meaning you're giving this thing. But nonetheless, so what happens is you hear the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. And you go, patience? What the heck is patience? All I know is impatience. And then what even makes you more mad at yourself is you realize how many times when somebody is causing a delay for you, causing trouble for you, causing suffering for you, that they are bothering your life in some way, and that, boy, you just, bam, you react so fast, and you react like your primary caregiver reacted. And you realize that you didn't want to be that way, but it's so in you that when those kinds of stimulus happen, when those kinds of triggers happen, you find yourself responding that way. You want to respond in patience, patiently, and you realize that you don't. And then you think, what's wrong with me? Or, Holy Spirit, are you not active? Are you not alive? Are you not working? And in some of my reading, I've actually come across folks that I would actually admire. I'm a little surprised that they would say this, and I don't know, maybe there's a possibility to interpret the text this way, but they have this idea that because the Holy Spirit's in you, that you are automatically then going to suddenly become patient, suddenly become good, suddenly become kind, suddenly become gentle. I, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't find that being the automatic instant fruit in my life. <laughs> or even that's not there. You know, my, in my dad's commentary, he comments the fact why you know this is not the fruit of the Spirit is because in Colossians, he adds the word compassion, humility, and forgiveness. Well, boy, those, I'm sure, are the fruit of the Spirit as well. Yeah, it's not a comprehensive list. It's just Paul addressing most likely the opposite of the way the Galatians were behaving. Anyway, the point being is that I think the fruit of the Spirit is the Spirit empowering and helping renew and transform our mind in such a way that that becomes our new nature and our new character. I don't think it's a presto, bada-bing, bada-boom, and suddenly you're super patient. I haven't seen that very often. And I think for a lot of folks in the church, they can become very discouraged because they have this expectation, well, where's that fruit? Or the fact that they're just words with definitions. Here's the thing I want to challenge you with. If you said, thank you for being patient with me, what is it that you experienced from a person that you would describe as being patient with me? Right? Patience is not just this internal emotion. Patience is a combination of emotion and behavior and facial expression and words. I think patience is all of that expressed toward you. So how would you answer the question? If you said, thank you for being patient with me, what did you experience? I think some of the ideas we had was that, first of all, is that, yeah, they experienced my weakness, my mistake, my failure, whatever it was that impacted them negatively. But maybe the very first thing is that I noticed is that they didn't abruptly erupt in anger, that there's a calmness in their voice a gentleness in their voice, in their demeanor, in the expression. Maybe they said, hey, that happens. You're growing, you're developing, you're learning. That's part of the process. And maybe you heard him say, how can I come alongside? How can I help you? 
Experiencing patience would be hearing that tone of voice, hearing those kinds of encouraging, helping words, understanding words. It might be, again, a facial expression that's not showing frustration, but a facial expression that says, hey, it's okay. This is where you are. This is what's going on. We can do this together. Let me help you. Or try it again. Let's try it again. Let's practice. You're going to get there. I have confidence in you. Whatever that looked like, the point is, is that when you say, thank you for being patient with me, you actually probably experienced tone of voice, words, words of understanding, words of care, words of encouragement, that you saw a kind of facial expression that you sensed or felt gentleness, maybe an encouraging touch. I said, it's okay, it's okay. It was embodied. Patience comes through a person. It comes through a body. And it comes through all those dynamics. And here's my point, is that if you get this idea that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and that I'm just waiting for zap, that suddenly I'm going to become patient, when all you've ever known is impatience, I don't know that that's going to cause your brain to change because you have to have something new stored up. And that's something that pushes out the evil that's stored up, the impatience that is stored up with these experiences of patience. Now, again, the hard part and what's sad for me is that you may have never had a patient response. And what's tough is that you may not even be around in your home, in your immediate community. And again, sometimes we don't even have enough interactions with other Christians. Like Sundays or a small group, it's more about the left brain often about information and facts. And we're not doing life together in such a way that that you might, someone might experience your life where it calls for a patient or impatient response so that you don't even know what patience feels like, what it sounds like, what it looks like. Well, anyway, the point is, is that we need these kinds of experiences. One, just to happen in the first place. But here's the critical thing, and I'm almost out of time, so I got to speed this up. Just like reading or hearing something once, even having a powerful, patient experience, even that, you need to do the same thing of, this is what the God-sighting practice is, is that you are deliberate, you are consciously choosing to put your mind back on that experience, that you begin by giving thanks for all those parts that you saw and how it felt and what it was like, but then you hear the Lord say, That was me also being patient with you. And my patience is even so much more and so much greater. But that's what it looks like in that just like you replay phrases and words and you repeat them and you do them in varying intervals to get it into your brain, the work of memorizing. And again, memorizing is repetition. It's doing the same thing, thinking the same thing. Over and over, you know, when you prepared for a test, you took that piece of information and you thought it again and thought it again, and then you walked away and then you thought about it again and thought about it again and tried to store some more and you had to come back and think about it. And if if you didn't come back, then you're really bummed because come test time, it went, oh, I forgot, because you didn't cooperate with the brain of putting it back there and working memory and working to put it back into long-term memory and repetition over intervals, over time. It's just the way things get stored up. Well, we need to do that with the God sightings. We need to do that with these profoundly loving experiences. 
We need lots of them. That would help a ton, just having all these actual external experiences. But again, the beauty of the mind and the brain is that you can replay that patient experience. And if you do it vividly, concretely, with all the motion, all of the detail, your brain won't know that you're just reliving it. Because as far as it's concerned, it's just synapses and neurons firing and chemicals and electrochemical reactions going on. And if you do it in such a way, those chemical reactions, those firings are going to think you're having an actual experience. So if you will do it at that level, you will experience that patience again in your brain. You will get loved again in the same way when it says, isn't it pleasing? When you keep this in your heart, the joy of replaying, the joy of processing again, But the cool part is that it continues to get stored up in your heart, in your mind. And the more that you experience it, both internally and externally, the hope is, is that in time, you will have that reaction, that patient reaction to somebody's behavior, to somebody's attitude, whatever it might be. But here's the cool part is that the God sighting practices you take this experience, what was more almost a right hemisphere, it can be left to, but it's an experience mostly. And then you combine truth. You combine that, yes, God says, I am patient. God says, I am kind. And you go, oh, when you say you're patient, it looks like that. It feels like that. And so you bring the written truth together with that experiential truth, and you have a profound mixture that's going to cause patience to be stored up into your mind the more that you repeat it, the more that you focus on it, with the hope that in time it will become your automatic and unconscious response when you have a trigger that is either going to be responded to with patience or impatience. Anyway, love you guys, and thanks for listening, and I hope it's helpful, and I hope we'll have a God sighting this week that you can really do that well with. Bye now.